0: Good morning church family. I'm not Buddy Bell (laughs) but I'm much better looking. (laughs) Thank you for being here today Uh, for those that are online and and here in person we're just just so thankful. I'm Gary Henry one of one of your elders. Today's going to look a little different than uh, than normal but he's out of town so uh, you get uh, some of us elders up here Uh, Speaking to you today, uh, we're going to elaborate a little bit on our mission and vision and how we are accomplishing that in this church family. If I ask you the question, what is special about this church, how would you answer? For me and my wife, Sheena, it started 20 years ago. I'd married her in 1978. She was attending a large Baptist church here in Montgomery, and I was a country boy down in Pentlala uh, farming and and trying to make a living farming down there in Pentlala. But we got married and uh, spent most of our children's years there in in our local church, and I wouldn't take anything for those years. As times changed, though, we we were looking for, for something new. And we were encouraged to come to Landmark. Well, I admit to you, I kind of came kicking and screaming. Uh, she realized that we needed to needed change uh, much sooner than I did. So we get here and things are a lot different uh, in my mind, not so much for her. Uh, you could wear a tie here or you didn't have to wear a tie. Uh, that's the way I grew up. You wore a tie to church. On Sunday nights, you were always at the building, come here and we're in people's homes. This front row, there was people coming up here and not just saying I've sinned, they were specifically saying what they had done and to beat all, there was other people that came up here and I thought, boy, this is a sinful church. But it didn't take long to realize that this is a very special place. It seemed like every sunday the the message from from Buddy was spot on it was uh, touching our hearts. We went to bible class, and the same thing happened and and it just we just felt like we were being fed and, and we were growing. I see the same thing happening today right here in this building and all across this city. Seeing the youngest of us loved and learning about God's love, our teens developing a relationship with Jesus, our young professionals digging in the word and developing teaching skills, our adults discipling and encouraging each other, through serving together in small group and ministry. Our RSVP ministry, supporting each other as they overcome struggles in their life and finding Jesus as well. Members being generous and supporting the work of the church. All of these things are tied up in our mission and our vision. And I would like for you to... uh, Recite that with me. Our mission statement is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Our vision statement may be a little little more difficult. Our vision statement is to be a community of believers. Yes. A little disjointed there, but we we did good. It is it is very heartwarming for us as elders to see not only the list I read, but many many other things happening here that is bringing us closer to Jesus and helping people in life struggles. This time, I'd like to ask uh, Zane to come up, and we're going to discuss the family. Five, that was a uh, buddy introduced to us last year. That's worship gatherings, Bible studies, small groups, serving together, and financial generosity. Zane?
1: um Worshiping together. Man, after that last song, oh. do I have to say anything about the importance of worship and what it does for us? Amen. I love when, especially when we sing scripture, and that's what we just did. Um, some of the important things that take place during worship, okay? Let me just start with Scripture. 2 Corinthians 3.18 talks about when we with unveiled faces behold, some translations say uh, contemplate, some say reflect. His glory says we are changed, we're transformed Into his image. To me, that's amazing. But after experiencing worship like we just did, when I'm reminded that he said we're free, I can believe some of that. Um, So, what are some of the important things that take place in worship? We're reminded of his glory, right? In the word, in worship, we're reminded that he's in control. Um, not just from the Word, but we look around and we, we know people who have had changed lives because of the Lord. In worship, we're reminded of His love for us and what's more transformational than His love for us. In worship, we're reminded of the truth of who we are. In today's culture, there's nothing more we need than the truth about who we are. Our focus is not primarily in this life to, to try to emulate Jesus. That's part of it, but really, according to Second Corinthians, <coughs> according to Second Corinthians three, we're to behold Him primarily, and He changes us. And I think that's the the primary reason behind uh, the primary importance of worship. Is to behold him and to be changed by him. The second of the family five that Buddy talked about uh, is the importance of Bible class. We found out recently that the number one catalyst for spiritual growth is reflection on scripture. Not just reading scripture, not just hearing scripture or hearing about scripture is reflection on scripture. And that takes place, for one, in Bible class. When we sit in Bible class and we reflect on the value that it has for our lives, the the way it can bless our lives, the change it can make in our lives, and we, we, we place more value on Scripture as a result of that, when we see what it does for us, we place a higher value on scripture. Not only does that do something for us, but think about the the example that it has for our kids that we place a high value on scripture. Also, there's a lot of value and a lot of wisdom in in the Bible class there, in the teachers and in the participants. If it takes a village to raise a child in Bible class, then what better village is there than that Bible class to raise a child? Also, Bible class is a place where I can share my faith. It's a safe place. We can um, ask questions and all those things help us grow our faith, become stronger. Finally, Bible class is a diverse place. You know, we come from a lot of backgrounds, backgrounds, Theologically, we have a lot of different experiences theologically. And all of us, if you've sat in a Bible class, you've grown and learned from someone else in that class because of their, the diversity there. The third uh, of the family five is small group. Matthew 18, 20 says, Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. And small groups the transformation of what we learned on Sunday, that's where it takes place. Um, you know, Buddy does a great job every day, every Sunday of uh, illustrating a lesson from Scripture. He tells great f- stories. None of them are funny. You know, some of them are true. Some of them are lies. <clears throat> But he does a great job of illustrating scripture. But when we go to small groups, we get to see those scriptures lived out. Some of the most uh, impactful people in my life have been the examples that I've seen in small groups. They've helped us raise our children. They've been mentors to us. Too often, As elders, we have talked to people in this congregation who are struggling, who are hurting, who feel hopeless and alone. And the more we talk to them, we realize so often, too often, they're not part of a small group. They have no one they can depend on. Please, please take advantage of the small groups that we have. The fact is that we're all going to be under attack. If you're not under attack right now, you're in Satan's sights to be under attack soon. We all need small groups. Please, uh, the Christian life is is hard. We, We make no bones about that, but it's much harder if you don't have somebody to depend on. I'll leave you with this in talking about the family five and there's others, those are just three. But only taking advantage of worship or only taking advantage of one or two of these uh, opportunities to grow closer to God is like putting on part of your armor and going out to battle, right? None of us would do that. That'd be foolish. Um, So please, please, take advantage of all the armor that God has for us, small groups. Okay.
0: Thank you, Zane. I'm going to cover serving together and financial generosity. Before I, I get Dave into that, it, it, it's very uh, similar. Uh, we've all seen the uh, devastation of the tornadoes here in the last two weeks, and um, I'm, I'm just thankful that we have a disaster recovery team that's uh, been in action and they are out uh, identifying needs and, and helping those people. Uh, we have contacted uh, Houston Park Church of Christ over in Selma and uh, to provide some assistance to them, and they have come to us and asked for uh, help with providing food for the victims there. So we uh, are asking that if you want to uh, participate and help uh, in this cause, that uh, you can look on the uh, app uh, and uh, look under disaster relief and do it online or you can make a check payable to landmark and put on the memo line um, disaster relief uh, and i just want to thank you in advance for for helping with this cause and if you have questions just please contact the the church office something similar happened to me and my community and and here in Montgomery in November 15th of 2006, a tornado uh, struck our family farm and then continued on into Montgomery and destroyed the uh, fun zone there on Atlanta highway. I know uh, a lot of, some of us that are a little older remember that. Uh, In the aftermath of that, this church family showed us, showed up and helped us clean up and rebuild. In recent years, Landmark's been there for us uh, in the death of my father and my brother. Um, this means so much to us. These are just a few personal ways that the church, this church family has served and made an impact in my family's life. I would dare say that if we went around the room, you too would have stories of where this church family has served you. Dan does such a great job with uh, Love the City, and it's just a great example and, and great way that we can serve together, building those bonds amongst ourselves and helping those experiencing life struggles. I think you can define serving together simply by saying it's love in action. Serving others is a hallmark of true Christianity. The Bible details Jesus' dedicated service to others and encourages his followers to do the same. The Bible also shows that helping other people serves God and yields blessing. We're all familiar with Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 39, which reads, Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. As we love and serve our fellow man, we live both commandments. By serving our family, neighbors, and those experiencing life struggles, our love for them grows and shows our love to God. The Bible should be our guide to teach us how to serve others, follow Jesus, and find joy. The elders are so thankful for the many ways you are serving this church family, local missions, efforts within our community, and our mission points across the world. Serving together is a great way to live out God's plan, to love him and love one another. If you have not found your place to serve, we ask you to get started today. By everyone doing something, we can make a bigger impact on people and bring them closer to Jesus, which is what we say in our mission. When we think about financial giving and generosity in the Bible, we usually go to 2 Corinthians 9, verses, verses 6 and 7, which reads, Remember this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Financial generosity, like other good works, flows ideally from a heart of love for God and others rather than from a sense of duty. Love for God and others leads to generosity. I'd like to go back a chapter in chapter eight and picking up in uh, verse two there, here's where Paul is commending the church at Macedonia and letting the Corinthian brethren know that the Macedonians were responding, how the Macedonians were responding to help with the Christians there in Jerusalem. During a severe testing of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed into wealth and their generosity I testify that on their own according to their ability and beyond their ability they begged us insistently for the privilege of sharing in the ministry to the saints and not just as we had hoped instead they gave themselves especially to the Lord then to us by God's will the key here is that is the fact that the Macedonian church had given themselves Holy to the Lord. So they had no difficulty giving generously. They decided what they wanted to give, gave it sacrificially and freely, and were cheerful givers. So, how, as Christians, should we think about giving and financial generosity? Paul praised the Macedonian church. We should ask ourselves would he feel the same way about the way we give and the generosity we should show towards others? No matter what your financial status or age, let's give generously for the sake of advancing God's kingdom in our community and around the world. On behalf of the elders, I just want to say a big thank you for the way you have been generous and and have given in especially the last two years, but uh, it's just made a huge difference in the way we can do the ministries that this church is set out to do and fulfill our mission and vision. So thank you very much. At this time, I'd like to call Jeff Arrington and Tom Harbin to come get in the hot seats and uh, uh, finish this uh, out for us.
2: Thank you. Good morning. We want to uh, spend a few minutes talking about five things that uh, we are calling the Landmark Church to emphasize and attend to over this coming year. Um, you'll find a theme in these, uh, and then I'll recap here at the, at the end. The first one of these has to do with marriage. When we get together as elders and shepherds to pray, uh, we, we pray a lot together. And one of the things that we have been finding over the last several months is that the number of marriages on our individual prayer lists is growing. Um, Marriage is a, a good marriage is an enormous blessing and gift, but good marriages don't happen by accident. And so we're calling on Landmark to attend to our marriages, to invest in them, to invest time in them, to invest prayer in them. Um, And we want to offer a couple opportunities um, uh, to do that. One, uh, there will be a couples retreat with Joe Beam. You've seen that on the screen this morning. Uh, It will be later in January. Uh, We also want to, uh, Heath mentioned uh, married couples. We also are particularly interested in helping engaged couples as they get started in their journey together. And for all of us, we, we don't want money to be the reason that someone can't participate in an activity like this. And so if, you, if money is what you're worried about, uh, Landmark is able to provide some uh, partial support uh, to help you uh, participate. And if you would talk to Gary uh, Henry or Don Tarode or Jeff Langham, uh, they're the elders that we've kind of set up to help us uh, support that in, in that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, also I'm really excited about another one that's coming another workshop that's coming in April it's uh, called the reconnect workshop Uh, it will be hosted here and the reason that I'm excited about that one is that it uh, it has uh, a thread to it that is talking helping us work on our own marriages helping us learn how to be better uh, couples and partners in marriage but there's also a thread to it that helps us prepare to help others who are struggling in their own marriages. And so I want to commend those, encourage you to consider both of those. I I would have to say, um, uh, I wouldn't be the man that I am without the last 41 and a half years with Linda. Um, I don't think I would have the same relationship with God. I don't think that I would have nearly as quiet a spirit as I have. Without her. And I think she would say that I have helped lead her into a deeper relationship with God as well. And I just want to encourage you to invest in your marriage. We want to encourage you to invest because of those kinds of benefits. The next uh, area that I want to, to touch on that we're going to emphasize uh, this year uh, we, we started 10 days ago, we had a prayer time together. Uh, I'm not fasting. Is not a large part of my past. I, I'm not real experienced with it, but that was what we were asked, and I got some advice and help from some people, and so I fasted. And you know, the idea of fasting is uh, that it clears away some of our normal activities to give us time and space to focus more on what God is doing in our lives and calling us to do. And I enjoyed that that day. And then I enjoyed coming uh, for soup to break our fast together. That was a wonderful time of fellowship. And then people prayed that I hadn't heard pray before. And I think praying together is one of the best ways to get to know each other. And in fact, I, I, when Buddy walked up and he said, okay, and he started wrapping things up, I thought, no, 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 Buddy, you're, but then I realized the hour was gone. It was just a marvelous experience. And our hope, uh, our intent by calling Landmark to prayer this year is that we would be more attuned to the work that God is setting before us, uh, more attuned to the people that God is bringing across our path um, because we are praying together and spending time with each other seeking God's guidance. Uh, We also want to call people to think about discipleship, particularly um, the sort of things that are facilitated through the men's ministry and the women's ministry. Tom, can I get you to talk a little about Man Up and, and that work? Sure.
3: One of the things that takes place every Wednesday night as one of our ABC groups is, is Man Up. One of our goals in there has been we are actually penalized <laughs> if we call it a class. It's a group. <laughs> right, Spencer? And, uh, but that is because it's not... Totally a teaching experience. It's a encouraging experience. It's a discipleship experience. It's an accountability experience. And we want it to be a safe place where men can talk about real stuff in their life. When we discuss topics like anger, uh difficult communication, pornography, alcohol, things like that. And I can speak for myself. The last three years or so that I've been in there, it has helped me grow in a lot of ways, and I've got I've created some new relationships too. So open invitation to you men to come on Wednesday nights.
2: Um, yes, I might have been one of the most frequent offenders <laughs> in terms of calling it a class. That's why I laughed before. <laughs> um, let me just mention a couple of more kinds of opportunities. Uh, we've gotten together, and we're going to do this again. We've gotten together a couple times as men to celebrate the life and service and leadership of a long serving man, uh, hearing those examples, being challenged by those stories, uh, learning how our life together today fits in and continues what God has been doing at landmark for fifty years those are those are great evenings and we 'll be doing some more of that um, about eighteen months or so ago. A group of men started. Um, a man church uh, discipleship group activity, and now there are discipleship groups spread throughout the day and across the city through through each week. Some of them um, focus uh, on a curriculum that 's from man Church, that organization. Other groups have developed things that they 're studying and, and talking about themselves, but each of those groups it 's a, a small group of men. It's a safe place of being honest. It's a safe place to challenge and ask for support and, and, and to really learn what it means to wrestle together as we walk deeper and deeper into the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Um, on the women's side, I'm not quite as familiar with those uh, being genetically disqualified from much of that, but uh, I will tell you that Linda is a part of two different if-groups. And each of those groups of ladies have become treasures for her. Um, I routinely get kicked out of the house twice a month because I can't be a part of their ladies if group. But when I hear from her the things, the, 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 the love she has that she's grown, I, I want to commend those uh, to you. And there are outdoor activities and retreats and there are Bible classes uh, designed specifically for women to be with women. And again... I want to commend those to you. Uh, Tom, you want to keep us going? Yeah,
3: we'll we'll finish up here. One of the, two of the other things that we would like to emphasize and encourage you to be involved in, uh, in the year 2023 uh, is evangelism and us figuring out how to use the facility that we've been blessed with here in a richer and and more, uh, in more ways that we can figure out to reach people. And that's really what this is all about. Sarah and I, some almost seven years ago when we came to uh, back to the River Region area, we were looking for a church. We weren't just looking for a church that held services, but we were looking for a church that was on the mission. And so we've been watching you guys for a while before we decided Landmark was the place to be. Uh, as, as I did some digging and searching into figuring out what y'all's mission was, of course, I heard The mission uh, is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. But somewhere along the way in the past, I believe I found one that said, We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And that takes on a different mantra for me. It, It is life. It is blood. It is air to breathe. We exist for that reason. In classes, in life group, and groups that we went to, I heard over and over and over just one more person. I also heard over and over and over the empty chair. I wish we had had the empty chair in first service this morning. But that gives the message to us a clear reminder that there's always one more and there's always space for one more as we reach out to people. When all that began to happen, we said, we are home. And this has become home for us. And thank you for loving us so well. Jeff, I saw a T-shirt somewhere about two weeks ago, either online or someone was wearing it. And it said, Jesus left the ninety and nine to rescue me. And I pray that that message has become personal for you. If it has become personal for you, that you were rescued, you will have no trouble telling your friends about Jesus. And I think that transformation has to take place in heart. Uh, a good friend of mine in Tennessee, we served together for years. We uh, taught classes for years. We uh, And baptized for years together. We were involved in a a work in India together for years. He lost his wife two weeks ago. And in the midst of all that, he sent me a passage to remind me. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns because this is why I was sent. That never can be too far from us to realize if we are truly following in those footprints and footsteps of Jesus, we will be about the same things That he was about we are a church on mission we are followers of jesus christ and as followers and disciples we will be about the same things that he was the other thing that i would like to encourage us in is to pray to brainstorm together in your groups how can we use this facility that we've been blessed with not just this building but the other buildings the classrooms And i just throw some things out to you for your consideration. We're already doing sports things. Um, We're doing recovery things over there. What about if we had cooking lessons over there? What about if we had music lessons? If people wanted to learn how to uh, worship at home with that, what about fitness? What about finance? We could think of a zillion things that we could draw people out of this community into in areas that they're struggling with that affect their marriages, that affect their work, every other part of their life. There is room in the family of Landmark for one more person
2: to come fill this chair. Let's be about looking for them. We, uh, we want to move to a time of invitation. And um, I wanna start that by saying, you should hear a theme in the things that we've talked about. Uh, that theme is together. So we've talked about worshiping together. We've talked about studying the Bible together. We've talked about serving together. We've talked about being together in small groups. We've talked about giving together. That's an important word. You know, when when Jesus was walking with his disciples, going uh, near the city of Caesarea Philippi, He's coming to a city that is named for the people that it worships. It's the city of Caesar, honored by Philip. And Jesus turned to his um, disciples, those who were following him, and he said, who do people say that I am? And, and they answered, some people say you're this guy, some people say you're that other guy. And then the conversation turns, and it takes on a very different tone because then he says who do you say that I am and i went for years thinking that who do you say i am meant jeff who did you jeff say i am who does dan say jesus and that's not what it says when he said who do you say i am that's a plural in texas we would have said that who do y'all say i am or maybe it's, who do you say I am? I'm, I'm not as good on Alabamian lingo yet. But the point is, together is how we do so much in the Christian walk. Together is how we learn who Jesus is. And together is how we learn how to live Jesus. And, and together is how we learn to recover from our own mistakes. And together... Together is how we find support when we have tragedy and pain and and sickness. Together is how we serve so that we are professing Jesus together, together. Tom's story about the shirt, you know, David in the Old Testament went out to rescue the wandering sheep. And it was a bear, and it was a lion, and the sheep was in danger of being eaten, consumed by life. And so today, for our invitation, I want to say, if if you're afraid that life is about to consume you, and you need a place for support and love and care, this is the place. If you want to put Christ on in baptism, this is the place. If you would like a family to join in the mission of being the people of Jesus who are the message of Jesus, this is the place. Come together while we stand and sing.